luckily we, we didn't go into a hard lockdown once again we actually uh, we were in a hard lockdown then we just went to a partial lockdown to a level three lockdown and uh, right now this training is 100 percent on it's it has been for since last year so i've been able to train uh, you know but uh yeah, the whole situation is quite intense in South Africa. And, you know, traveling is a real, real yep. mission for if you're from South Africa. So that's basically our biggest challenges at the moment is the traveling. Yeah, fair enough. B before we get into your upcoming fight, tell us, take us back, mate. In South Africa, how do you even get into mixed martial arts? Like, how, how did that journey start? Yeah, I mean, it is a, it's actually a really crazy story. Uh, I started with my mixed martial arts career as a five-year-old, uh, or with martial arts career, uh, yep. judo. At the age of five, I did that for five years, and you know, it was never uh, being an MMA fighter or fighter in general was never the the mission. I mean, it was just an after school activity that I I did with my brothers. They they I'm the youngest of three, and they uh, they all did it, so I did it as well. And you now I always liked it, and I started with uh, wrestling when I was ten for two years, and then uh, we moved away, and I started there was kickboxing, and I started with kickboxing, and eventually the kickboxing was something I really really loved, and. Uh, at, when I was 18, I became a world champion, a WACA world champion in K1 kickboxing. And uh, that's when uh, when uh, I realized like, I can really make this work. And it's, uh, it's the only thing I really enjoyed doing is, is fighting. There's nothing I love more. And uh, being a professional fighter, mixed martial arts is really the only way to go. And I just loved it from the first day. And now there's a gym uh, not too far away from my house. I moved to that area and... Yeah, that's how the journey yeah, started. Yeah, fair enough. So at that stage, it, it clicked in your mind that this was something you actually wanted to do as a career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, never really at that stage even imagined that this is a possibility where I'm at right now. But you know, as the as the years went on, as the career yeah. grew, as the wind started stacking up, uh, I really started to, to get into it and really thinking about I can really make it in the big leagues. Yeah, fair enough. And before the, the the leagues, tell us a bit, tell the audience a bit more about your career in the EFC in KSW. Yeah, so I had my first professional fight when I was 19, six months after high school. And uh, in the EFC, I had four fights, got my first title shot. I unfortunately lost that one to Gareth McLellan. He's uh, directly after that fight, he got signed by the UFC. Uh, I was 19 years old, so it was a, I was pretty young for that fight. It was probably not the right decision, but I mean, you're not going to say no to an opportunity like that. And eventually became uh, moved down to welterweight from middleweight, became the EFC uh, welterweight champion, and directly challenged for the middleweight belt after that and became a double division champion. Uh, after that, I, I defended the welterweight strap and got a call from KSW to fight for their welterweight strap as well. So at that stage, I was a three-time world champion with three different belts. In two organizations that was uh that was that was really cool and uh yeah i mean just a big step up to ksw to find the biggest organization in europe from africa it was and and to fight for the belt was a, was a big step up in competition and a, a big step up for me and uh and south african yep. mma and uh yeah that obviously went great and i had a few fights in ksw ended up losing the welterweight strap there but uh defended my middleweight strap back home again and yeah, then uh, on short notice, I got that UFC call, and that was the probably that was what it's all about—is getting that. Yeah, call. absolutely. You've oscillated between those two weight classes. Is that uh, a deliberate thing? Is there a preference towards those two weight classes that you prefer? Yeah, well, I mean, I used to. Uh, I I started my career. My first six fights was in middleweight. Then I moved up for about five years to to welterweight, and. Uh, 
the only reason I would fight middleweight when I was still welterweight was if, if it was short notice yeah. fights. And uh, then when I went for the for the middleweight strap as well, and I could go back down to welterweight, but then it started to to affect my health. Uh, you know, when I was younger, it was it was quite easy, not easy, but it was easier to make yeah. 170 and make welterweight. But right now, it's not. It's even something I consider ever again. It's it's never a possibility. But uh, since we made the decision that we're only fighting at middleweight, I think the past two and a half years, all my fights have been at, at middleweight. And uh, that's where it's staying. That's where I'm at in the UFC, and that's that's where I'm staying. I'm never going down. Fair enough. So, mate, you get you get the call from the UFC. What what thoughts were running in your mind at that stage? Jeez, I was actually in the gym, busy training, but I mean, not training for a fight or anything. They're doing some strength and conditioning, and I got a missed call from my agent, which only happens when there's some big news. And uh, and uh, well, yeah, I mean, when he, when when they phoned me, they they asked me, do I really want this? Do I want? Will I be able to make weight first in two weeks? Which was actually a no, but I was I wasn't going to say no to that, and uh, yeah, and they said, well, by tomorrow we should know if you have to fight, and they said, listen, you have to fight. Uh, it was two weeks' notice, but I mean, the thought right there is, it's almost surreal. You know, your whole career has been all about that moment. The past ten years have been about that moment, and geez, I mean, uh, there were some guys in the gym with me. I'm the first guy from my gym to go to the UFC, so it was a massive, massive day for us, and. The preparations for the fight, the peaking, everything's immediately started. Everybody had to start watching footage. Everybody had to start, you know, getting getting ready for. We only had a, we only had, I think we had seven days before I flew out to Abu Dhabi. So we had seven days of preparation with the whole team, and then I was, and then I was gone. So it was, uh, yeah, everything had to change. The sleep schedule had to change. Everything, the diet, dramatically training, everything had to change. But. I mean, it was the greatest moment of my of course, life. Of course. And tell us about the lead up to the fight. Obviously, Marcus Perez. I know a lot was said about like the stare down. How did you absorb that whole experience? Yeah, I mean, I saw some of his stare downs. He, he did the whole Joker Moss thing. And to be honest, I didn't even give, give I didn't give a lot of thought to it at all. I, I honestly just said, well, I mean, he's got to do what he's got to do and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. It's uh no, my opponent's never going to be able to throw me off my game. And I mean, I did, I did what I do when I do a stare down. He did what yeah. he did. And I mean, it's uh, it's almost like I mean, if you if you talk about those mind games, if 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 that has any effect on you, it's uh, it's almost something like uh, you're losing that mind battle from the get-go. Of course, of course. And talk to us about the pressure, mate. South Africa is not necessarily at this stage well known for for fighters. I mean, the rugby is a completely different thing. But did you feel added pressure representing your country? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the pressure was a good pressure. It was a pressure that I felt I could I couldn't believe the amount of support that I got from my from my own country. It was it was unbelievable. People were just like support was streaming in. Nobody really wanted. Everybody was just backing you know, this fight. And the amount of people that watched the fight, the amount of people that you know before and after the fight uh, gave me their wishes. It was it was amazing. And the pressure was insane because I immediately realized how big the situation yeah. is for African MMA and for me as a as a fighter. Everything was and but. Yeah, the pressure was on, but it wasn't any anything more than any other fight would have been. It's, uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, every fight is the most important one of my career because every fight has its implications. And you know, yeah, definitely added pressure because of the the magnitude of the situation. But uh, pressure is why I thrive. I, I enjoy that pressure. That pressure just made me perform uh, the way I did. Yeah, fair enough. So let's talk about the fight, mate. You guys touch hands. Perez comes in. A lot of uh, pressure fighter takes the center of the octagon. 
you know, you, you, st- you start taking a couple of, of hits, which is, you know, it's a fight. Um, what, what's going through your mind at this time? Yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, watching Perez's uh, footage before the fight, he's really a guy that doesn't really, he doesn't fight a high-paced fight. He's never been finished, and uh, he makes almost, he makes the fight slow. He likes to keep it in the clinch, you know, strike on the outside, but never really, you know, putting up the pace with the striking, more of a, a striking with, with the intent of clinching up uh, with the body kicks, all that. And, you know, my plan was to, to take the center, and uh, you know, keep the fight. Stay on, stay in the center, and you know, not giving giving him the clinch because that's the only way he can slow the fight down. I don't want to slow the fight down. I want to go in there and, and get that finish. And all of a sudden, Ruiz says, "Fight this guy's right here in my corner," and I'm yeah. on the fence. And uh, the the biggest the biggest thing is that the whole first minute of the fight, I was basically spending that whole minute trying to get off the fence and uh, you know relieve some pressure and not getting eating too much shots while trying to do that because. You know, the only way for me to really get off that fence was to clinch with him. And that wasn't that wasn't the game plan at all. That wasn't the plan. So I had to move and move and move and almost, you know, take a few shots to be able to to get out of that out of that pressure situation and, and get myself to the center of the octagon. And uh, after a minute or so, uh, I had a big body kick. Uh, he landed some a good, a good few strikes. Uh, I landed a few good low kicks. And uh, as soon as, I would say, two minutes into fight, the momentum started shifting. I could immediately feel... As I, I took center, I took control, and uh, the momentum started shifting. Uh, his shots started didn't land anymore. I could start seeing the shots come. I figured out his his, uh, his speed and timing. But you know, in the beginning, that first few that first two minutes, I was just thinking, "Holy shit, this is not the game plan. Do what you got to do, man. You have to you have to get out of the situation. Get out of the situation." Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, and I mean, it's, uh, all that emotion. I mean, fighting your first UFC fight on the main court, and yeah, everything is going as like exact opposite of what the yeah. game plan is i think the, the, the great thing about fighting is you can spend months preparing in your case maybe not not quite months you didn't have a, a fight camp but in the end of the day it's a dog fight right things can throw out of the window and you're just stuck in a cage with a guy that just wants to end you yeah listen you can make the game plan all you want at the end of the day it's a fight and uh, you know there's no way of knowing what's of coming of course of course take us through the finish mate you seem excited relieved what what, what was running through your mind when you actually finished him yeah, look, when I when I land that shot, it, that was a that was one thing we did prepare for in that for that particular fight. We had two weeks, so we knew. I saw in every single fight he threw that uh, spinning elbow. He did it in every single fight that he was in. Every time he was up against the fence, when he was in pressure on pre- like when the pressure was on him, he would use that almost as a scapegoat to uh, to use that spinning elbow to either connect or get a you know just creating a, a scramble where he can you know get his back off the fence and. It was almost like we trained that thing with the pads, trained that much more importance that that the few the little time we had to prepare. But that was one thing that wasn't great in my mind was he does throw that, especially when the pressure is on him. And like you saw on the fight, as soon as he turned, it was a matter of split seconds, and the the shot just immediately knew where to go. It's, it's something that we saw in watching his footage, and it's something we I didn't I honestly didn't think I'd catch him with a counter for that on the first try. Uh, but I was wary of that over the whole fight. That whole fight, I knew as soon as I'm going to put the pressure on and he's going to be against the fence, I have to watch out for that elbow. And you know, the first one came and the muscle memory kicked in and I just caught him straight behind the ear. And uh, when I landed the shot, I could feel it was a proper shot. I didn't think he was out cold. And, uh, but as soon as I landed the, the, the follow-up shots, I just knew it was over. And, you know, I mean, there's no relief like that in the world, that ref saying stop. Yeah. And, you know, finishing, finishing a guy that's never been finished, as uh, 
yeah, it is, uh, it's, it couldn't get any better for me. And there's uh, such a big moment. I, it's, it's almost in, unbelievable. To, it's, uh, it's unreal. You can't really put it into words. It's uh, a feeling very few people will experience in their life. Yeah, fair enough, man. Uh, good start. March 20th. Yeah, it's part two. It's, it's, it's the second, second chapter of the show, mate. How excited are you to have a full camp? Like, do you think it makes a, How much of a difference do you think a full camp makes? Absolutely, I think uh, full camp makes a difference for me. I'm always ready to fight. I'm always, I'm always in a state where I say, listen, on two weeks' notice, especially being new in the UFC and not being a champion. For the past five years, six years, I've been a champion in everywhere and in, in all organizations. So my fights were almost. I knew exactly I'm fighting in two or three months' time, so I could always be prepared. Where uh, now I'm a contender again. I have to climb that ladder in the UFC, and uh, I want to do the same that I did in the UFC. I had my first four fights in a six-month period in the UFC as a professional and uh that was that's the exact same thing i want to try and get in the ufc is trying to get the while i'm while i can if i'm healthy if i'm fit if i have no injuries to to be able to on two weeks notice every single time take a fight if necessary because that's what that's what what needs to be done if you want to really climb that ladder in a, in a short period of time and uh yeah having a camp is always great uh but i never really trained specifically for an opponent i never really trained specifically for a fight I try to stay ready so that when the fight comes, I'm, I'm ready. But you now going in there mentally and uh, emotionally, knowing that I did everything I could prepare uh, to know that I can go three whole rounds and push the pace the way I always do and not even worrying about being uh, gassing out or, or, you know, any of that of ha or having a bad weight cut. That's the biggest problem here is the, the weight management. It's, uh, it's a, it gives me a lot of more comfort going in uh, I'm going to be a lot more calm in there and uh, know that uh, I can trust in my preparation. Yeah, fair enough. Are there any things that from your last experience in the octagon that you think will uh, will translate well in your in your second time around? Yeah, absolutely. There's one thing I did see, which is obviously actually it's really an obvious observation is you're fighting UFC man. There's there's everybody in there is killer. Everybody in there is. is is fighting for something. Everybody in there is, is living their dream and uh, there's no easy fight in the UFC. Yeah, absolutely. Look, when you look at a guy like Trevin Giles, I'm assuming you've now seen tape on him. What about his game stands out to you? Yeah, look, obviously, there's, it's no secret he has a great jab. His jab is, is really on par. Um, I, do see, I do see a little bit of a one-sided game from him. Uh, where, at the same time, he's pretty all around, but I, 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 he can fight everywhere, but he's not a master anyway, which is in some cases a good a good thing. But you know, I've seen I've seen I've seen in in, in past performances, he can really go the distances if uh, if his if if he fights his pace, if he fights if you fight his style, which is quite a slow style. Even though his big bombs being thrown, it's almost like a, he waits, he waits, he waits, and he throws his big combo. Um, whereas the game plan, of course, me being is I fight. If you look at all my fights. I try to push that pace as hard as I possibly can. And you know, uh, I think uh, I saw the fight that w which he had with uh, James Krause, where Krause only had 24 hours notice. And Krause just pushed that pace. And Trevor Giles was even more tired at the end of that fight. In the, in the third round, he was even more tired than, than, than yeah. Krause was. Which is, uh, you know, that, that's, that, that is something that, uh, that, that, that you look at. And I know I have the, the gas tank to go. I've been fighting five rounders for the past six years every single fight. So I know I have the gas tank to go to go that third round, three rounds and, and uh, really push that pace. And yeah, that's something that, that did stand out for me. 
Of course, he has bombs. He has he has really hard shots. He has good racing against the fence. He's a really a great great fighter. He's a he's a durable guy. And listen, you don't want to sleep on Trevor Giles. He's a he's a really big puncher. He's a he's a he's a good guy. He's a he doesn't seem to talk too much smack. He's a yeah. He's a he's a he's a brilliant martial artist, and uh, it's going to be an honor to share. The In your mind, how, how do you see the fight ending? I see the fight ending in the second round, TKO. Yep, yep. In it, with, with a lot of the North American fighters, and that it's a bit of a generalization. Quite a bit of it is grappling centric. Do you feel that that's a, a, a disadvantage to you, or is that something that you're more than comfortable with? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really. I'm 100 percent comfortable with that. Uh, that's one thing that I do feel is uh, my stand up is. Uh, very unique my wrestling and grappling has uh, i'm not scared to wrestle or grapple with any anyone in the world uh, i have nine victories by submission i have six victories by knockouts or tkos and for me it's a it's a it's a that's what mma is all about is to be able to fight wherever the fight goes and in a fight like this it, it's honestly a fight where wherever this fight goes i do believe i'm better and that's why if this fight has to go to the floor uh, I'm more than happy to spend it there. If it has to stay in the clinch, I'm more than happy there. And stand up, obviously, being being a, a big advantage, I think I'll have a quite a bit of a reach advantage. Uh, but I'm a bit I'm a bit taller. I think I'm a bit bigger. And strength wise, uh, you know, if you just look at the physiques, the physiques. I mean, I'm not saying all muscular looks strong isn't necessarily stronger. All I'm saying is, as far as uh, as power goes, I've never been outpowered by anyone before, as a middleweight or welterweight. So. That's a, that's a, something I do take pride in is the fact that I can use my strength and do it for three rounds easily. And that's, a, yeah, this fight, it's, it's almost hard to predict because uh, I'm really looking in this fight. The last fight, everybody saw that I broke out power. And maybe in this fight, it's, it, I, can, I can maybe try and, and show that I have a lot more than power in my hands. Yeah, fair enough. The, the headline of the card has two middleweights as well in Brunson and, uh, and, uh, and Holland. How do you see that playing out? Yeah, I mean, I've trained with Brunson. He's an extremely nice guy. He's a really great fighter. And uh, now I think Kevin Holland's last victory, it was a great victory, but I think it got him into a little bit of trouble. He's, uh, he's in the Sharks now, and uh, I honestly see Brunson winning that fight. Uh, just overpowering Holland. Holland's weight, I think Holland is not a middleweight. And uh, he's tall, but he's very, very yep. skinny. I think Brunson, is a, Brunson is, a, is, a, is a really good fighter with a lot of punching power and really good wrestling. So, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting fight, but uh, I'll be, as a betting man, I'll put my money on Brunson. Nice one. And middleweight, mate, there's a pretty decent queue at the top. Obviously, Adesanya has, has gone to do his thing at, uh, at, at light heavyweight, but, you know, Costa, Whitaker, Vittori, H- how do you think your skill set, you know, stacks up with the, with the creme de la creme of that, of that division? Yeah, listen, there's a, there's a real, there's, the, the middleweight division is a, is, a, is a really tough one. It's a, it's a it's a tough division, especially once you step into that top ten. But I think skill wise, I think as far as all around game goes, with taking into consideration strength, fitness, all that, I believe I'm 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 one hundred percent capable of of beating and competing with with the best in the world. Right now, for me, it's all about it's not that I'm standing back to any of these guys in terms of I think they're better, stronger, or any of that. It's just the, a matter of experience uh, in the octagon getting through this first contract and, and finding a home in the UFC and, and, and getting my 
you know, getting my feet in the UFC octagon. My first fight was three minutes and, uh, yeah, fine. Uh, so, I mean, I didn't spend too much time in the octagon yet. So, once I start taking on these big names, uh, which will happen soon, just to be ready and being comfortable in the octagon. That's that's what it's all about. This first four fights, to get in there and, and, and get all the fights that I can and, and try and gain as much experience in there as possible. Awesome. And drink us a bit of a fun one to end it off. What's your what's the super rugby team that you guys you support back home? I'm a big Stormer yep. fan. Yeah. From Cape Town. Stormers all the awesome. way. And and the season's more or less just started. Yeah. Do you guys have what it takes to, to compete this season? Oh, I, <laughs> Compete. Compete. We won't be competing. We'll be taking it. <laughs> That's the way, Drikas. Thanks for your time, mate. And we wish you success in your upcoming fight and your career in the UFC. And yeah, pleasure, man. Thanks for Thanks. having me.